Tuesday, the 11th of May in the year of our Lord, 2021. And it's just coming up to noon here in the UK. We're back with the Good Life Health Show and my dear friend Clive DeCarl joins me as always. Good morning, Clive. Good morning, Lou. Lovely to speak to you again. And you. How's your week? Sun's shining. A little bit chilly, but it's uh, the spring is spring summer's on its way, I think. Definitely. At least it's warmer. It's very wet, but it's warmer. Yeah, and very windy. Um, Clive, I think I'd like to talk about depression. And not your kind of winter blues, your, your sad, the seasonal affective disorder or whatever it's called. Uh, I'm talking about when someone hits rock bottom. I've had horrendous time recently with um, sciatica that's come out of absolutely nowhere. I've never known pain like it, unable to move. And it really, it sent me low. I mean, we're not talking like manic depressive and what have you, but... What it just made me think of, you know, a lot of people live with that kind of pain all their lives. And for me to feel that low and sobbing and not wanting to get out of bed, um, I've always not, not scoffed at depression, but I'm like, pull yourself together, sort it out, you know, one of those types. But for the first time ever with my sciat this sciatica, I didn't want to get out of bed. I couldn't see the point of everything. I was absolutely really at my lowest um and uh yeah okay it could be sign of the times with the uh with the so-called scamdemic etc but th this affects people like proper gen you know people live with this for like for a lifetime and why why do people what 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 is it that starts depression let's go sort of like what is it is it an imbalance of i don't know hormones uh, what what is depression let's start with that Clive uh just before I answer that um just to put people's minds at rest uh, after you told me about the, the sciatica and I told you what to do how long did it take for the sciatica, sciatica to go away completely uh about 48 hours <laughs> okay I just think we should make that clear yeah without four yeah with us yeah let's make that absolutely perfectly clear so I had the sciatica I spoke to Clive he told me exactly what to do and what to take, and I was better. I was actually going to come to that as we moved along, but I, I, we can say it again later, and we'll tell him what we'll tell people what you did. Yeah. But let's start with what is depression. Okay. Well, um, uh, let me just tell you my own story a bit. Um, I was a pretty depressed child; didn't really want to be around that that much. And uh, uh, a little bit later on, my younger brother committed suicide because he was diagnosed manic depressive. And um, uh, so when that happened, I decided that I really should uh, figure out how, how it could be fixed. Now, at that time, uh, uh, if it had been almost anybody with a different personality, I, I would have used uh, LSD as my methodology or uh, mescaline to, uh, uh, as the tool to get him out of the, the space that he was in. Um, uh, he came from a very depressive family. My mother uh, was de uh, depressive. Uh, his father, different to my father, was also depressive, uh, who came from a whole long line of people who were depressives. And... Um, 
So, uh, you know, I had a personal interest in, well, why the hell are people unhappy? Anyway, uh, most of my life, uh, once I discovered uh, real life, which involved love, for example, when I was about 15, suddenly, uh, I, I, you know, I, everything seemed all right again, and I got on with life, and it was great. And then I got to about, I don't know, 40 maybe, and completely lost my way, didn't know what I was meant to do in life, just could not figure it out. And I was in a, in a heap on the floor in a corner feeling really sorry for myself, and I had been for wow. days, really. And the phone rings. And so reluctantly, oh, I'd better answer it, yeah, who's, who's that sort of thing. And it's this incredibly sexy girl. <laughs> um, now, I knew that nothing was going to happen between me and the sexy girl, but she snapped me from misery to ecstasy in about three seconds <laughs> over the phone. And at that point, I thought, bloody hell. <laughs> um, surely I must be in more control of my mood than I think I am. And that really shook me up, because, you know, in a good way, because, you know, well, that's what happened. So uh, now, as I think you know, I, you know, uh, my, my sort of motto is uh, don't let anybody or anything upset your nice day. Yeah. Because really how we are is a combination of habit and um, uh, lack of realisation as to how we change from happy to unhappy and back, what actually happens in, in, in our bodies, in our minds, to affect that change. So there are a number of ways to look at this. One of them is that, so they say, maybe 30% of people in the world are born with less dopamine receptors than the others. Now, if you're born with low dopamine receptors, you know, dopamine is about pleasure, whereas serotonin is about happiness. So pleasure involves the body, usually, drinking something, smoking something, uh, you know, what, what, whatever people get addicted to, whether it's sex or gambling or whatever it might be, that tends to stimulate dopamine, whereas more loving things may well stimulate happiness. Now, happiness is, you might say, uh, hormones like oxytocin, hormones like uh, serotonin, and there's only one thing that down-regulates serotonin, which is dopamine. So let's say somebody finds pleasure, uh, they find sex or they find alcohol or drugs or chocolate or whatever their, whatever presses their pleasure button. Now, most people can keep that under control. They'd like to eat three bars of chocolate, but they're just not going to. And then there's the addict who finds that whereas one beer uh, used to work and they thought it was magic when they first found, found the first beer or smoked the first joint or whatever it was, that now they maybe need two beers to get to the same place uh, because the more uh, pleasure you get, uh, the body tends to downregulate the dopamine that the pleasure creates. So you get people addicted to their mobile phones. They're looking at them all the time, all the time, all the time to get a constant new hit of dopamine. And dopamine, unfortunately, as I say, has a chemical effect in the brain of downregulating serotonin, which is, you know, one of the happy chemicals. So um, 
the advertising industry is telling everybody that pleasure is happiness. That if you only get the new, whatever exciting thing you want to buy, that you will be happy. Well, not necessarily, you'll get pleasure. If you are carefully in control of your mental processes and you're not letting them just ride rough, roughshod over your own thinking, then you can get the pleasure you want without uh, becoming an addict, without depleting uh, your, your serotonin levels. It's a balance. But, of course, the advertising industry wants you to believe that pleasure is happiness, so they're trying to persuade everybody that buying stuff is what makes you happy. You know, at some point, I realised when I had quite a lot of stuff, that actually it was quite, quite nice not to have so much stuff. You know, I went from being uh, a millionaire to basically having a couple of suitcases uh, full of stuff. And um, I enjoyed both. Uh, one was more comfortable than the other. So, um, so when people are, are feeling this, if they can identify it, because a lot of the trouble is people can't identify whether, you know, they're depressed or some people may exaggerate on it. And then we've also got this um, bipolar, which um, people say, so I'm told, you're at one minute's an incredible high, then literally hitting the... Hitting, the, the, the depths, the lower depths as far as you can go. So what's the difference between being somebody who's depressed and somebody who has this bipolar? OK, my, my brother was bipolar. They used to call it manic depression. Right, OK. And, uh, basically, what people need to understand at a very, very basic level is that it's almost like there's more than one of us. I mean, at some point, you're sort of listening... Uh, to somebody talk and you're 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 sort of listening to yourself listening it's like you're the observer of uh, a lot of who you are and then you can find yourself in a state of abject fear where suddenly you're depressed you know you were happy but suddenly you've snapped out of that happy state in, into this depressed fear state and there are only two states that human beings can be in that either in the fear state or they're in the love state. And you can switch in and out in, in, in a microsecond, in a minute. You are in the love state when everything is great. You're not thinking about the past and how bad that was. You're not thinking about the future and how bad that might be. Basically, you're in the now, where, like I was on the phone to the sexy girl, suddenly I'm right in the now. I've got no thoughts of future or, or anything. I'm in the now because what's happening now is totally occupied me. And then if something desperately awful happened, I might immediately switch out of that love state into the fear state. I might get some bad news or something, and I might be frightened that something's going to go wrong in the future and whack them out of the love state and into the fear state. Now, when you're in the fear state, it's almost as if you can't remember what the love state was like. You know, depressed people, you say, well, you know, snap out of it or something like that. And they really can't because... They're so divorced from that love state, they've slipped so far from their true nature that they can't remember how it's done, because we all know how it's done. You can, for instance, be you know, fairly upset about the world and watch some incredibly funny film, a really brilliant funny film, and you're laughing because it's snapped you into the now of the film. You're not thinking about how terrible and how you can't pay the rent or whatever it might be. 
So once we realize that there are these two states that we can choose to be in, if we're smart enough to realize that we've slipped from one state to the other, what I had to do when I, when I worked this one out, I started putting post-it notes around the house to remind myself to stay in the love state. Uh, there was one that I quite liked and used for a few weeks, which was, are you sure what you're thinking is correct or could you be making an assumption? Because I realized that a lot of the fears were my assumptions that things might go wrong. You know, I got really frightened about it. And it, was, it was as though it were real. You know, I was frightened about something that hadn't happened yet, as though it was happening right now. And that's where a lot of people are. Uh, you see, when you're in the fear state, often you start rapid breathing, you know, fast breathing, because you're in a, in a bit of a panic. And the moment you're in a bit of a panic and you're running a bit of adrenaline and a bit of cortisol maybe, then suddenly um, all your thinking power rushes to your muscles because if, if, if you're incredibly worried about something, the body, you know, in its more primal state, believes that any second now a wild animal might be about to rip you to shreds and have you for lunch. So uh, if you're worried about something, you get stressed, the adrenaline flows, and suddenly your muscles are full of all the nutrients and blood that they need to fight off the wild beast. Uh, and healing and digestion and thinking are put on hold while you deal with the emergency. Now, uh, if the emergency is just your rent bill that you can't pay and that bothers you all day, you can be in that fight and fight or flight mode all day long and lots of people are they listen to the news big mistake you know every 15 minutes or something on the radio it, it's somebody's telling you to be very frightened about anything you like you know these days you've got to be frightened about the people who haven't been vaccinated you've got to be frightened about the people who have been i mean it's just you know divide and rule so uh, uh the thing is that we have this choice of practicing Am I in the love state or am I in the fear state right now? And if it's just a mild bit of anxiety, what I used to do when I was young, like you know, in my teenage years, is I'd play some rock music incredibly loud, and that almost always snapped me out of whatever bad mood I was in. It's finding the tricks so that you know, oh dear, I've snapped into the fear state. I've got to do something to get myself back into the love state. Uh, where everything's all right again, like in cope. You know, the fear state's hard to cope. Yeah. And what about people actually identifying it? Because there are uh, some people that, you know, will actually know I'm depressed and they almost... That's what, that's what I get. I mean, it's, it's just banded around too much, this, um, uh, you know, I'm depressed. That It's just used... Uh, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm probably really... It's probably really bad of me, but that's how I did used to feel. Like, God's sake, snap yourself out of it. State of mind, you know. But some people can't actually identify that, they're, that there's something wrong, can they? Well, um, not only that, but they, they lack the information as to how to get in a more permanent state of, of love, if you like, because they don't know that their body would be by deep... I mean, all of us, by default should be happy and healthy, right? That's the way we're meant to be. You know, animals generally in the wild are happy and healthy, you'd think, uh, or healthy at least, um, content, perhaps. Uh, so um, just living in this modern world means that everybody, if they're 
empathic, you know, if they've got any feeling about anything that's going on, could easily slip into the depressed state, could easily slip into the fear state, because look at the world, it's, you know, full of fear, and that's the way it is. But nevertheless, uh, you know, the, as the Chinese, I'm not sure which language it is, the, the Chi uh, where the same word for opportunity uh, is identical uh, to the uh, word for, what is it, slipped my mind now, uh, oh yeah, uh, it's something like change is the same as opportunity, or design okay. is the same as opportunity, the, the same word means the same thing. You know, this could be the worst thing ever in the world, it could be the best thing ever, because, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic, as you know, so I believe that uh, good is going to come of, of everything that's going on. So I choose not to let things bother me. You know, and some people might say, well, that, that's a bit harsh. But, you know, I can see people suffering. And, you know, at some points in my life, I have, if you like, resonated with the suffering of the world. And it's been horrible. You know, I, I remember the first time I discovered Alex Jones and got really depressed by focusing, as many people have done, I think, on, on too much of the really depressing, worrying, frightening stuff. So I really limit myself when I'm watching stuff to, I want to know everything, but at the same time, I'm going to spend, what, 95% of the time looking at solutions and only maybe 5% looking at the problems. Because 99% of the, or 95%, let's say, of the fear, stuff we're worried about, doesn't happen. Some bad shit happens, but often we worry about it as if it were real. And all we really needed probably was magnesium. Well, this is where I wanted to get to. That's exactly where I was about to go, Clive. So when I called Clive up last week and spoke to Clive, I said I couldn't do a show. Uh, I was in agony. I was just full of doom and gloom. I didn't know whether the shows were going to carry on. And Clive said, how much magnesium are you taking? And I said, one tablet a day. And what did you tell me to up it to six? In the end, I think I was ending up taking that day. I think. Uh, no, actually, I recommended that you took uh, uh, two six times a day. That's so I, I recommended that, that you that's uh, it. to 12. And it's important to get the right, the right type of money. Yes, 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 absolutely. 12, 12, 12 in one day. 12 in one day, which I did. Then I started to be able to move a little bit better, started to feel a lot better within myself. Um, and really, within 48 hours... There was there was no sciatica, no sciatica, not even a little twinge, not you know not with the, the stabbing pain on the top of my buttocks that then ended up running down in between my groin and down the back of my legs. I literally, I couldn't I couldn't move, Clive. And then that all that took was magnesium. So let's talk about how important magnesium is, and what other ailments it can help. And then I also would like to talk a bit, carry on with the depression side. Uh, to see because there are lots of tools and you're seeing lots of report that they they want to try different things but I, let's just talk about the magnesium for one minute what it is about magnesium that helped me so much well the thing about magnesium is it's the mineral of relaxation um the chinese also call it the mineral of beauty so um What's the biggest problem in the world right now? One might say it's stress. Okay. What is the biggest solution nutritionally for stress? 
Well, I, I, I think indisputably magnesium is number one. So how many of us in the world right now are stressed, everybody? How many people in, in the world are lacking magnesium? I, I, I wouldn't like to say absolutely everybody, but 95%, I, I would suggest, are low on magnesium. And most of them don't know it. Yes, they're having heart attacks. Yes, they're having muscle cramps, menstrual cramps. They're having constipation, heart arrhythmia. Yes, they're having hiccups. They're, um, you know, they can't go to the toilet. You know, a whole host of things. Not sleeping well. Hang um, on, hic you said hic hang on. <laughs> hiccups. Hiccups. Hiccups could be a sign of not of, of low magnesium. Yes, because it's oh, a, wow. it, it's a spasm of the diaphragm. So any spasms or cramps are all very likely to be magnesium deficiencies. Yeah. Okay. And and I could carry on. I mean, there are loads of other magnesium deficiency symptoms, but one might as well assume that everybody's low on it. The body self-regulates, so if you take too much magnesium at one time uh, or in one day, you end up in the toilet with diarrhea. The body is in full control. I, I don't think it's possible to overdose in magnesium, and that's what they give people who are having a stroke or a heart attack in the emergency room. You know, somebody's brought in, they'll inject them with magnesium sulfate. But, you know, that's not, not the type to take internally uh, normally, but it's water-soluble, so they give it as an IV, they give it intravenously, and uh, you know, a heart attack or a stroke can sometimes stop in one second. Yeah. Uh, what about turmeric and cumin for things like that as well? Okay, interesting herbs, but they're not going to stop a heart attack. Um, you know, okay. It, you know, great, great materials, but I'm talking, if you like, at a more basic level, Okay. Uh, what are we really made of? We're made of water. We're made of, you know, hydrogen oxygen. We're we're made from sunshine. We're made from the food we eat, which contains minerals and vitamins, essential fats and amino acids. So, herbs are like secondary to those things, and everybody's missing the basic building blocks of our bodies. You know, a lot of people don't have enough cholesterol because they were lied to and told cholesterol was bad. And yeah, you know, it goes through the list, but. Um, getting back to magnesium and depression, it, what magnesium does, its prime suit is to relax every cell of your body. So it, it, re, it relaxes your mind, it relaxes your brain, your uh, every cell of the body, which is why if you take too much, it relaxes your bowels so much that you end up in the bathroom. You know, It relaxes the, the heart, so the heart is not overstressed, so the heart can uh, beat at a, at a more regular level. You know, it allows you to sleep because your mind is relaxed. You know, it, it's uh, you know, the most important mineral by far. It makes things like vitamin C work properly. You know, it's all these, all these basic things that make us up <clears throat> are synergistic. Yeah. I mean, you'll go to the doctor uh, and say you're feeling low and they, they, you see, people don't know these things, Clive. That's why I think it's so important. You know, we've got to get the word out further. Uh, you need to be speaking absolutely everywhere because how I see it is people just phone their doctors and their doctors will then go and write a prescription for, I don't know, Prozac, um, lithium, I do believe as well, um, and very high, you know, other kind of 
psychotropic drugs to keep people calm down when the solution could really be the magnesium because obviously you've got all the side effects that come along uh, along with the things like the Prozac and the antidepressants. Well, yes. I mean, it's, it's interesting to look at how drugs like Prozac work and they, they usually are fluoride-based and as pretty much everybody now realises that fluoride uh, dumbs down uh, people's minds, stops people thinking clearly, and it makes them compliant, not rebellious. And so there's fluoride in toothpaste, uh, very dangerous, fluoride in the water, very dangerous. And the fluoride in the antidepressants works like this. You've got a whole host of problems, you find them very hard to deal with, you're depressed. You go to the doctor, he gives you some Prozac, and suddenly uh, you feel a little bit better. Is that because the Prozac has done something good, or is it that the fluoride has um, dulled you down sufficiently so you just don't give a shit like you did before? Mm. Because your problems don't get better because of Prozac, the problems are still there. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, just just covering up, a hole. there's a hole in the ground and you're just putting a little mat over it, aren't you? But at the end of the day, you lift the mat up and it's still going to be there, that hole. Well, you know, what's the difference between a heroin addict who takes heroin to make life more bearable and the Prozac addict who takes Prozac to make life? One's illegal and one's legal. Uh, you know, but it, it's the same sort of bandage. It's not, um, it's not really helping them. Whereas something like magnesium uh, might absolutely, in 24 hours, suddenly they're no longer suicidal. And that's, that's mega, and it happens all the time. It happens all the time that magnesium uh, sort of fixes this. But the point is, it's not that the doctors need to be taught this. People at school need to be taught this. You know, people need to know that your brain is made primarily of water and cholesterol. You know, people need to know that your blood pressure if it went up, is happening for a reason. If you're stressed, you're depressed, your blood pressure might go up because maybe the body knows better than the doctor and the, the body is trying to give you more of something that the blood carries. Uh, yeah. Or it may be that you're depressed so you're not drinking enough water, you're not looking after yourself and your blood pressure is high because you're dehydrated. Anyway, but back to uh, the magnesium side of things, it is... Really, without side effects, I don't, I can't think uh, of any side effects to magnesium. And when when you become depressed and stressed, what happens is that your your body burns magnesium to keep you calm. So by the time you burnt it all, then you're having all the problems like the symptoms of muscle cramps, menstrual cramps, etc., twitches around the eyes, twitches anywhere. Um, any involuntary movement, like a hiccup, is you know, magnesium deficiency. And so most people, one way or another, have got at least one of the magnesium deficiency symptoms. So they should be teaching it at school. It's not, it's not hard to understand. Even the chemistry isn't that difficult. And then we've also got uh, reports that um, scientists have been you doing studies using uh, psychedelics, like magic mushrooms. Um, what are your thoughts on all of those? Well, yes, you know, that, that was uh, my initial introduction, you know, to, uh, and, you know, getting people out of depression. That was yeah. Before I understood magnesium, 
uh, I, I read a book called Stanislav Laugh Groff. Sorry, repeat that. I, I, I read a book by Stanislav Groff, G-R-O-F. Okay. LSD psychotherapy. And when oh. it was still legal, you know, 50 years ago or more, something like that, he was giving his patients, he was a, he was a psychiatrist, giving his patients LSD. And the book was very interesting. It, it, was, it was super interesting. I know one story in particular about this woman who'd had several uh, sessions with the LSD and it hadn't worked. And suddenly she had a session where she suddenly realized where all her problems had come from. She'd gone to uh, Professor Groff because all the medical doctors had said it was all in the mind, so they sent her to a psychiatrist. And in this instance, they were right. She, in the middle of uh, the LSD uh, session, she suddenly remembered when her problems first started. And she, she had terrible sinus problems, hadn't been able to breathe for seven years through her nose. And um, she suddenly remembered that the first time it started was uh, when she agreed to marry her husband. And that she realized that her husband was actually like a father uh, type. And she'd followed a pattern uh, which was not right for her. And the moment she had this realization, her sinuses cleared and she never had a problem after that. So I was really interested in that sort of work. And you know, MDMA, uh, I know, know various people, I should hesitate to say, in countries that it was legal, uh, who were giving MDMA as the uh, treatment modality, sometimes blindfolding uh, the patient uh, so they could have a really deep, loving understanding that everything's all right. And, uh, you know, it was very, very... So magic mushrooms, uh, all those materials... If they allow you to go inside, because the answers are always inside, if you like, um, a lot of people, you know, whether it's ayahuasca or iboga or whatever the material might be, have life-changing experiences, you know, life-changing, life right there and then. But these days, uh, I prefer to suggest magnesium as a starter. But, <laughs> uh, you mentioned lithium. Yes. Uh, now, I thought lithium went into batteries. Well, it's a metal, just like magnesium. You know, right. if you look at most metals, you know, potassium, uh, you can set fire to that. Sodium, set fire to it. Magnesium, set fire to it. Lithium, set fire to it. By science, lithium batteries can catch fire. You know, uh, basic minerals, and we're made of all of them, pretty much, you know. We need a tiny bit of lithium to be sane. But the problem is that there are more than one type of lithium. You know, lithium is, is, is a metal mineral, so you can mix it with other things uh, to make different salts. You can mix it with citric acid from lemons, for instance, to make, you know, lithium citrate, in, in theory. Uh, so the doctors, being drug specialists, they didn't want to use... Uh, well, I mean, they also like to patent the medicines. Anyway, the one that the doctors use in the psychiatric wars is lithium carbonate. Now, lithium carbonate, for some psychiatric patients, actually helps them, but at a huge cost, it's not financial, but in the, the rest of what, what their body is up to. Uh, so lithium carbonate is really pretty much the last resort, but it's often the first resort to some degree in, in the hospitals. Anyway, uh, there's another type of lithium, which was discovered by Dr. Hans Nieper maybe 50 years ago. I, th I think he was Austrian or German or something like that. And he found that he could bond lithium with uh, erratic acid uh, to make lithium orotate. And mother's milk contains erratic acid, right? So better than carbonate. And uh, anyway, it has 100 times less side effects than the one the doctors use. 
right? Why don't the doctors use it? Well, I can't answer that one. But for some people, not that many, but some people, this lithium orotate, which costs less than £10 for a bottle, when I first started recommending it was £3.50 for a, for a bottle, and pe- you know, the people that, that, that actually are low on lithium, uh, it was night and day. You know, just like with magnesium, it can be night and day. One day they're depressed, next day they're not. Uh, other ones like that are is L-tryptophan. L-tryptophan is a precursor called 5-HTP. Um, for some people who are low on the amino acid L-tryptophan, they take it before bed, and the next morning they're feeling a hell of a lot better. Maybe it might take two days. But you know, with, with these basic substances, not always, but quite often, you get the dose right, and bam, it's night and day, overnight. Wow, wow. Uh, because you melatonin, why is that banned in this country? Why can't we get melatonin? I mean, we, we can go and buy the 5-HTP in your natural health shops, but that seems ever so expensive. Uh, well, it is ever so expensive. Um, but what about, um, why can't we get melatonin in this country? Why, do, why have they banned it? Um, well, the, the European Union banned it. We're not in that anymore. But Italy refused to allow melatonin to be banned, probably because the most famous melatonin researcher happened to be Italian, and uh, his name's Walter Pierre Paoli. And I have um, uh, some uh, YouTube videos that are still up about melatonin. And, well, you know, if it works, they don't want you to have it. But in some countries it's legal and people, you know, uh, get it for other people. Um, airline pilots, stewards, stewards and stewardesses often use it because it resets the circadian rhythm. So if you've just done an overnight flight to Australia or something and you, you really want to go to bed, you can take a melatonin, say, 10, 15 minutes before bed, uh, maybe three milligrams seems to be more than enough, and uh, then you may find you get a great night's sleep and you've reset your clock so you're now on local time, even though technically you shouldn't be. So, but melatonin supposedly has a lot of anti-aging properties to it. Uh, melatonin um, you know, has, has all, all sorts of effects and um, you know, may, in, cert- in certain cases, be a missing hormonal link to make people happier. But a bigger one that I would suggest uh, is uh, sunshine. You know, how many people are less happy in the winter, pretty much everybody, really. Yeah, we all like going out in the sun, you know, just exposing our bodies to a bit of sunshine, not to get burnt, but, you know, it's a lovely feeling. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the components, as we all know, in in sunshine is vitamin D. And for some people, they need a big, whacking great dose of vitamin D in the winter. Personally, I take 10,000 IUs of vitamin D a day in winter. I wouldn't take it if there's loads of sunshine and I'm getting some. But of course, there are a lot of people who are in the office all day long, and even in, in the sunshine, even in the summer, they don't get much uh, sun. So, but uh, vitamin D, everybody in Britain, I would say, is low on vitamin D in the winter, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I, I just hate this. I hate talking about this. I hate even saying it because it's just been, it's just been, <laughs> literally just all I ever hear is about COVID. But we do have to very quickly. Very, very quickly, this shedding. This is seeming to be quite a concern. And women apparently are 
if they're in the, somebody's been vaccinated in their household uh, and they haven't been vaccinated, women are already just suddenly starting their periods. Um, very, very nasty things um, like bleeding. Um, there's even some pictures of people literally passing blood that looks like their uterus. There's also been um, reports that people who have been in the menopause for years, haven't had a period in years, miraculously start start having their periods. Um, so a lot of stuff was going across social media that, you know, we should be staying away from people who are actually vaccinated. The vaccinated want to stay away from the people who aren't. I mean, you couldn't make this up. Um, but now there's somebody, people are saying about pine needle oil. Um, it's looking like that can help uh, for, for the shedding. So this shredding or shedding, how, you know, I've never heard of it being used before. I mean, I know that women, you know, of a family, if a mother and daughter and there are girls in the house, they all live together. Eventually, you know, their menstrual cycle will eventually end up sinking. But how new is this shedding thing and has it happened before, like in the past with other with other um, vaccines? Well, I think the first thing is to be sure as to what is happening. I mean, it could be people believe that um, because the people who've been vaccinated uh, are now genetically modified and their body has been given instructions that can be programmed in some cases uh, electronically, that you know, somebody can beam a signal at, the, at some of the vaccinated people and their body will respond to that signal and do things that it's all it's all quite dark really i mean you know it's ne it, this has never been tried before you know the the animal testing uh, the very all, the all, you know the very very little animal testing that that was done with i think it was the moderna vaccine i don't don't know whether any of the animals actually survived they've given it straight to humans before having successful animal trials so we don't know what we're dealing with and and there are so many different uh, uh vaccination so-called vaccinations out there who knows what's really happening? But it does come down, as you say, to, uh, if you like, two choices. Either somehow the body is shedding something uh, and people are, so to speak, catching that something and getting the same symptoms as the people who've been damaged by, by the so-called vaccine. So that's one theory. Another theory is, like you say, that you put a bunch of women together, together in a building and they're within three months or something, all of them will get their periods on exactly the same day because they've synchronised. That's sort of the, that idea. And that has a lot of uh, credence to it, although it's less hard for people to believe because it goes against the contagion idea. But I, I don't know. I, you know. I don't know. I don't know uh, what's going on, but I've had lots of clients uh, tell me that it's happened to them or their mum or something like that. So it's, it does appear to be a genuine occurrence. But what you do about it is an interesting thing. Now, I've got a, a video uh, coming out in the next few days um, with uh, a health expert who believes that he's got um, what he thinks may be uh, the set of answers to deal with it. We recorded it the other day, but on Zoom. But for some reason, uh, I've got the audio, but the uh, 
the video is missing, so we're going to do it again. And as I say, he believes he's got the reasoning and the answers to it. So I'll send you a link that you can... Um, oh, absolutely. We'll put it up on the website as soon as it's up, Clive. That would be fantastic. So what's your thought on pine needle oil? I've actually never heard of it. I mean, I've heard of oregano oil and coconut oil. And, okay, well, but... uh, well, you've heard of uh, various pine products. I mean, natural turpentine uh, is, if you like, the essential oil of the pine tree. And every part of... Uh, the pine tree is useful. Uh, obviously, if you've got the version that has pine nuts, you, you've got them. But, but pine needles have been used uh, in herbalism uh, forever. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I would advise everybody to, to look at um, uh, pine needles. You can make pine, pine needle tea. Uh, you don't necessarily have to extract the oil and there are um, uh, connections with pregnancy and uh, I want to get this right I'm just looking it up in, in the essential oil book um, because there, there are loads of uses you know turpentine uh, has been used uh, along with sugar and a few drops of water uh, as a Trojan horse for parasites, so Ooh. turpentine, you know, natural turpentine, not, not synthetic turpentine, it is an essential oil. And how, how it was um, Dr. Jennifer Daniels who first uh, told me about this, and I did an interview when we were both working on UK Column with her about about it. And uh, so, uh, a, a pine tree oil, turpentine. If you if you eat sugar parasites are attracted to it. But if you put some turpentine mixed with the sugar and you wash it down with some water, the parasites eat the sugar and die because, because of the turpentine, you know, tro Trojan horse. Because I've heard horrific things about parasites. I mean, people are saying, uh, one, how do you find out if you have parasites? Um, two, um, I've heard, like, diatomaceous earth, is it? helps with uh, removing parasites. Um, but that's interesting to know. How does one know if they have parasites? Uh, well, I get lots of uh, people telling me that um, uh, they looked at their child's poo and there were little worms. Sometimes yeah. people can see things moving under the skin. Uh, some people have got tapeworms and you know, they've got this ravenous appetite because it's not them who's getting all the food. It's their hitchhikers. So let me just tell you a little bit about pine. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm reading this from the book. Pine is hormone-like, anti-diabetic, cortisone-like, a sexual stimulant, hypertensive, high blood pressure, uh, anti-infectious, antifungal, antiseptic. Pine was first investigated by Hippocrates, the father of Western medicine, for its benefits to the respiratory system. In 1990, uh, doctor and doctor, I'm just going to skip it. Um, okay, you'll like this bit. I'm not interested in, in any religion at all, but the Bible reference, Nehemiah 8.15 says, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, go forth unto the mountain, fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches. 
and branches of thick trees to make booths, as it is written. I don't actually know, wow. what, it, don't know what that means. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shaitar tree, the myrtle, and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. But um, it says here, just to run through what it's used for, uh, coughs, cuts, cysts, fatigue, gout, lice, nervous exhaustion, scabies, skin parasites, sores, stress, urinary infections, um, raise blood pressure, stimulate the adrenal glands, stimulate the cir circulatory system, and is a good ingredient for any first aid kit. Crikey. We should have that pine. We should, we should, I didn't know about that. That sounds okay. absolutely like ticks all the little boxes there, doesn't it? It's strong, so you might want to dilute it with another oil, you right. know, almond oil or any organic oil you can find. Oh, well, I've got to be careful because of my nut allergy. But, so. uh, uh, you could try olive oil. Yeah. That would be fine. You know, any, any oil that you're, you're good with okay. that, that's of a sufficient quality that you might want to either ingest it or rub it in. But with, with, when you're dealing with a material like pine oil, uh, you know, essential oil, it is so strong, so strong. You, you, you know, you don't want to irritate your skin with it. Uh, and so, you know, talking about pine, one, one needs to study it uh, ideally. But, yes, as a powerful material, uh, a pine needle uh, is... Um, a powerful thing is it's, it's got, got specific pro properties around birth and I don't want to say it because I can't 100% remember what, what it is and it didn't mention it in that, that book. But uh, you know, essentially, uh, to be healthy, you simply need to give your body everything your body needs. It's not about this disease or that disease or this problem or that problem. It's about your body is meant to be perfect and if your body is not running perfectly uh, then it's because you're toxically poisoned physically damaged or lacking in nutrition so the thing to do is to get it really comes down to nutrition really because you can detoxify your body with the right nutrition and these days it involves about 10 basic materials which are really good salt like Celtic salt unprocessed sea salt oh yeah i'm desperate to get some celtic sea salt i've got I'm, I'm using the himalayan but ever since you you gave me all those many years ago i had loads of it you gave me some and i do need to get some more because i the, the celtic sea salt is by far superior i personally think than the himalayan what oh, it's, I, it's, it's, well, I, I don't like the himalayan at all i don't like the way it tastes but celtic salt is so cheap <clears throat> you can buy it on eBay or somewhere, sell de Garonde or Celtic salt. You know, in a kilo, probably with postage, is not more than 10 quid. And Are you, uh, is Clive de Carl selling that on cliveDeCarl.com? No, 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 I'm not. No, okay. Uh, so, um, you yeah, that's one material, magnesium we've discussed. Vitamin C, everybody's low on it. Fulvic minerals, fulvic, everybody's low on it. Um, iodine. Pretty much, when I say everybody, I'm saying 95%. Yeah. Iodine, everybody's low on it. Vitamin D in winter, everybody. Um, and there are a few other things. Amino acids. Zinc and vitamin A, are they essential? Well, you know, everything is essential, right? Yeah. Where do you stop? 
Vitamin A you don't need to supplement with. If you're eating orange-colored vegetables, if you're eating uh, some animal products, particularly liver, if you're eating eggs, you know, there, there are ways you can just eat. Sorry, my daughter keeps ringing. Um, uh, there are ways you can eat your way to um, uh, vitamin A, so that's not really a problem. Um, so, you know, I found that if, if, if you just get your body to work properly, then all the things that people are scared of from cancer to heart attacks and so on, assuming you're not poisoning yourself at every meal with supermarket-type quality food, um, then uh, your body should be able to fight off anything, whether it's shedding or whatever it is. Um, but I believe, you know, if, if, if you're resonating with somebody who's ill, maybe, and, and it is a frequency thing, for instance, if, that, if that's how it is, what if you're resonating not in the fear frequencies, but in the love frequencies? What if it is about resonance? You know, why are you attracted to certain people? Well, um, people who are depressed are often attracted to depressed people. Oh, my illness is so bad. Yes, mine is too. Oh, no, thanks. I, I, I mean, that's, that's why I'm so stunned at myself by the, by, you know, the way that affected me with that, with that sciatica. I really, oh, I was, I was, you know, I was at my lowest, you know, and this is, you know, people suffer far worse. Do you know what I mean? But for me, that those few days in that much pain, those couple of days, and it was, it could have gone on a lot. If I hadn't, you know, I'm grateful that I've got you at the end of the phone <laughs> because many people don't. And how people can live with that sciatica, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people can live every single day and not know it, not knowing about it. So, you know, we've got to get the word out about magnesium. Um, I just want to understand that it's not just magnesium no. that, that may be needed to get, get sciatica gone. It might be um, uh, vitamin C uh, as part, part of what, what's absolutely... Yeah. But your, natural, your over-natural health, you know, I'm just, I'm just very grateful, Clive. Very, very grateful. Um, the Secret Health Club. You've got your this uh, website, clivetocarl.com. Why is it secret? Just to, this is just to close the show. What was the inspiration on getting the Secret Health Club up and running? Uh, well, uh, it was simply that as a YouTube addict and an Amazon book addict, you know, I've got more books and watch more videos than most people, I realized that I was learning some really good stuff. And I started putting... Uh, articles or videos to one side, uh, you know, storing them on my computer in alphabetical order. And then I realized that actually um, I should start a club, and I called it the Secret Health Club, uh, just to, as, as a laugh, really, you know, um, not with any particular huge intent, but I, I thought it would say what it was. You know, I started to get, you know, well, as you know, when we were at UK Column, you know, the government made us take all, all the videos down because we were being too television-like, and, and I got told that um, uh, I had to tell the government two weeks in advance what the subjects of my health videos were going to be so that they could make sure that they approved. I mean, luckily, that, that got sort of overturned. But um, I thought, well, look, uh, there's only, you know, they could do it. You know, they could take down my videos any time. And then when it got to that stage where we started to have to self-censor ourselves, 
uh, it became even more important. And I spent more time trying to not put a lot of videos or a lot of articles on the Secret Health Club, but just a, a few key ones. I thought, this is just such good information. Everybody needs to know this. So somebody's got an autistic child or whatever it is, they can join the club and they can't take the club. I mean, they could disappear the whole club if they wanted to. But um, whereas most of my videos on controversial subjects are no longer on uh, YouTube because I got censored, uh, they're all there and more on the Secret Health Club. So, yes, it costs money to uh, join the thing, but you get discounts on products if you do. And uh, at least I can talk without fear. So, oh, that's the wrong word. Yeah. I, I, I no, 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 it is, it is the right way because, I mean, we could be taken down any day now, even this. I mean, that's why I stay away from YouTube. All, you know, since, since 2010, 2011, since I've been doing this media lark, for one, it started that I never knew how to actually make the videos. And people are always so kind and offering to help. Oh, Lou, we'll do it for you. And it's, you know what, I actually need to sit down and learn this myself. And then then as soon as all the censorship came in, what's the point? I just don't even bother. Don't even bother. I'll just stick to audio. Um, so that's where I've been. But we've now obviously found Rumble. Um, so if people do my listeners want to get and get a little bit more uh, involved in the secret health club they just go via clivedecarl.com don't they yeah uh, we can join uh, there and then the same for your speaking because i personally think clive should be out there speaking to people and he could it's so it's so much easier now with the technology people are doing podcasts all over the place and i think we need to have clive decarl's knowledge spread everywhere Oh, there you go. Well, you know, I, I, one of the things I'm keen to do is to teach other people, um, whether they're medical doctors or just natural health people, um, so that um, I want to teach my diagnosis method because uh, over the, the well, a couple of decades or something, I've got reasonably good at figuring out what questions to ask. And because most people are deficient, let's say, or toxic with more or less the same stuff. It's not that difficult. And uh, so I want to do uh, sort of classes with people who, uh, you know, who want to know how to, how to figure out by asking questions what's actually wrong with somebody. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Clive. We'll be back next week, again, next Tuesday, as always. Please do go and check out Clive's website, clivedecarl.com. Um, Clive and I'll be back next week. I will be back again uh, tomorrow with another show. Thank you to Rick and uh, LouCollins.uk. If you're liking what we're doing, please consider supporting the shows. We are in the process. I know I keep saying this all the time about the shop, but we have had major problems with WooCommerce and getting stuff up on the website. And I think our dear Rick has managed to solve that. So the shop will be coming soon. I'm going to be stocking some of Clive's products and um, we'll be back next week. Clive, what's your favourite rock band? You did mention that you put a bit of music, excuse me, I've got the hiccups. Huh? Um, you did mention that you put on a bit of rock music to make you feel better. So I think let's put one of Clive's make you feel better songs on to close the show. Gosh. Thank you very much. That's it guys. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>